0: 2019 has become a year of rise and rise for Waterfall, figuratively due to the great successes, but also literally because of some of the impressive new developments. I had this and so much more to discuss with some of the key stakeholders who made this year the success that it was. In this podcast, I sat down with Vili Foss, CEO of Waterfall Management Company, Giles Pendleton. Head of Developments at Attack and Steve Brooks, CEO of Baldwin Properties. Welcome to the Year in Review. Vili, it seems like it was two seconds ago when you and I first sat down across each other and we were chatting about the history of Waterfall. Cut to now after such a successful 2019. How have things been for you?
1: You know, we uh, are quite um, excited about what's happened. In our country, the economy is depressed. Uh, Many people are depressed. But in our environment, uh, things are still going very well. Baldwin and uh, Attack uh, are doing their thing, so to speak, and they will speak for themselves later on. But we've also decided to take on new challenges uh, in the year that's coming, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But when we look back... I think we can safely say that uh, we have done better than any one of us uh, anticipated. And I think the advantage that we have is because of what happened over the last number of years, we kind of created an economy of our own. So let's say when the uh, interest rates are a little bit higher and uh, the residential side are struggling a little bit, then the commercial side or the retail side will do well. And vice versa. And um, so there's always something happening at Waterfall. And I must say it is thanks to our partners. Uh, as I said uh, in the very first interview, uh, it was very important for us to get the right partners. They are all specialists in what they are doing. And the two major role players for us at the moment are um, Attack and Baldwin. Baldwin focusing on the residential, the middle and uh, lower market, and some of it very high end of the market. And then uh, TAC uh, with their commercial and retail, and also now um, introducing uh, residential recently. So uh, we are very thankful, actually, for what's happened. 2019
0: in a nutshell, how has it been for you? What are some of the highlights that stand out for you,
1: Vili? We managed to complete two new petrol stations which are very unique in comparison to any other petrol station. It's both Sassel petrol stations. We've started with a uh, Fields retail shopping center, uh, which will be about 13,000 square meters with a number of um, important tenants. Definitely uh, SPAR and DISCAM will be involved in it and also Intercare. And then there are a few others that we're currently uh, just finalizing the uh, contracts with which we will uh, announce early in the new year. Uh, it will have a very interesting concept in, in our retail center, which we can talk about later on, but uh, it will also introduce something like a shooting range, you know, for those guys that are involved in uh, the outdoor sport, which is not that often um, seen in, in our environment. As far as the rest of the development is concerned, it's about improving our infrastructure, Uh, And there we rely a lot on our partners. But then as far as a thing that you may – some people may not really consider that important is our landscaping. Uh, we managed to um, do a, a redo a, a large part of our waterfall drive to become more water friendly. We've had an indigenous plant policy since inception, but with some of our developments, we realise that we have to focus even more on that. So uh, when people drive through waterfall, especially I think in towards the end of the rainy season. I would like to hear their comments, uh, but it's a big team effort. As I said previously, none of what we do there we can do in isolation. We also managed to grow our relationship a little bit further with the city of Johannesburg. We managed to sign an agreement with them. They have recently opened a an office, a customer walk-in center. Uh, which is a big thing for us. We know that we are part of the greater Johannesburg area. The rest are more in in the detail of uh, what uh, Attack and, and Bolwyn's doing. Villa, you mentioned and you
0: highlight the importance of partnership, and rightfully so. How did the partnership with Attack and Baldwin Properties come about?
1: Well, since Steve is on uh, the closest to me, let me start first with Baldwin. Uh, Steve and I have known each other for a long time, but I introduced Steve in 2014 to the Mia family, to Ibrahim and Yaya, Mia. And then thereafter, uh, there was a – Steve can elaborate on that, but we were talking to each other, and eventually, towards the second half of 2015, we formalized an agreement, and uh, since then – I think, uh, Steve, shortly after uh, we signed the agreement, you were already on site. Uh, Um, So, uh, And that's now been uh, going on for the last four years. A great relationship, actually extending the waterfall offering because previously it was seen that we were only focusing on the very high end of the market. And what Steve and his team is doing is to uh, take it a little bit lower in the market and I'm proud to say that uh, on their behalf is with a really good quality uh, product that they are, are, are delivering. As far as att is concerned, it started in 2008. One of Charles' predecessors, uh, it was still with Atterbury at that point in time. They signed the agreement in 2008 uh, to do the the, the commercial and the retail development. And over the years, it evolved that uh, a lot of capital was required to do the development, because Atterbury was a, a, a private property developer. So still is a private property developer. They required more cash. Eventually, they formed um, Attack Atterbury Acquisitions, which turned into Attack. And um, since uh, 2012, if I'm not mistaken, we have been mainly dealing with uh, with Attack. And uh, they've been in charge of all our major commercial and retail um, developments. So it's been a fantastic relationship with them as well. Looking back, I think it uh, is, uh, superseded all our expectations. So um, we're very thankful.
0: Steve, sticking to the notes of partnership, what do you think makes Waterfall Management Company and Baldwin a partnership that works so well?
2: I think you know, um, waterfall are an exception, and a test to this is winning the best mixed use development in the world. I think they've won it twice now, if I'm correct. You know, and I think the vision of Vili, Vanna, Abram, and Yaya, um, we nicknamed them the Four Horsemen. I think the vision is fantastic. You know, this, this economy of ours, even though Mr. Ramaphosa is trying his best, is battling. And they have put tremendous infrastructure. And their secret is to partner up with the correct people. They've had no failures at Waterfall, only successes. You know, we're very, very proud and very humbled to be partners in this venture. You know, TAC are a phenomenal company. They just roll in one after the next of extremely blue-chip tenants. You know waterfall there they are long term players, which is what we like and i think that vision of the long term sustainability of proper landscaping making sure that they also cater for all parts of the community i mean at one stage at Kiku we were offering um, apartments at six hundred and ninety nine which i'm sure Giles had ellipse. People realize that that's a very, very, very good price to offer into the market. You know, and that caters for everybody. So that caters for nurses, plumbers that can live in the area. And in a society, that's very important that you have a cross-cultural mix. You know, this New South Africa, this rainbow nation that we live in, you need that cross-section. You cannot be elitism. We don't want to go back to apartheid days. And I think the vision
0: of Waterfall is fantastic. And we are
2: very, very proud to be part of it.
0: So what was Baldwin Properties' vision for 2019, speaking of the Waterfall vision? Okay, Bourne
2: Properties greater vision is always to deliver an exceptional product of good value to our customers. We've always had that ethos and vision. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why um, Waterfall partnered up with us. And we're still continuing that vision. You know, we've got Polar Fields, which is slightly what I would call upper medium entry level, and then Kukuyu, which is lower medium level. So we've tried to cater for slightly varied markets, and we believe that that is the correct the correct sustainability, and we have very important with our developments, are lifestyle centers. You know, the, the lifestyle living in our developments is very important, and that's become a signature of Borwin now. We have these fantastic lifestyle centers that our clients really enjoy. You can have a meal at our lifestyle centers. We've got a pizzeria. We've got a spa. You can have your nails done. We've got a full gym, which, which is as good as any Virgin or Planet Fitness gym out there, all for free. We've got walking trails. We've got, we're now introducing our new venture, which is the Montessori schools on our developments. We're introducing chill rooms, stroke prayer rooms for the, for the local people to take some time out. We've got fantastic um, parks. We introduced at Polar Fields, Polar Field Park, which was a really big effort that we put into creating a park for the people to go and enjoy their Sunday afternoons and take their dogs for a walk. And we did the same at Kukuyu where we actually introduced owls. And it was quite humorous because you introduced a lot of fish. And the guys were saying to me that there's a fish eagle there. And I kept looking. I couldn't for the life of me not see this fish eagle because, you know, I was expecting that big black thing with a white head. And then the guys got it wrong. It was a kingfisher, which is about I think five inches big. So we've got a very very keen kingfish in the area so we're very excited about our parks
1: I have to interrupt Steve here there are actually fish eagles at Waterfall Um, they are flying (laughs) close to the river uh, but not at, at, uh, the place where they have built their park.
2: <laughs> yeah. Look, we'd love to welcome the fish eagles to come and join us. And we also on a huge initiative to clean up the river. You know, we have a beautiful river running through the development, you know, and the waterfall have a great vision and we want to clean it up. You know, it's a, it's an important thing when a country doesn't look after its farmers and its rivers and the,
0: the natural earth that we live in, we need to start doing more of that. Giles, you are the head of development for Attack, and as much as I marvel at a title like that, I also predict it's a title that really doesn't see you stopping or pausing much. How has the development front in terms of Attack and the work that it's done been in the year 2019?
3: Yeah, two thousand nineteen was a I think was a mixed bag for us insofar as um the preceding year, and we're on a July to July cycle with our year, so that's how our reporting works. But if you work to calendar years, you know we we handed over in the preceding 12 months in 2018 103,000 square meters of built environment, which is significant in the economy. Last year we only completed 27,000 square meters. I think this year we will do 45,000 square meters. That just shows the cyclical nature of real estate. Uh, in addition, the bigger buildings take longer to build. You know, Deloitte's uh, nearly a three-year journey by the time we finish it. Um, that's 42,000 square meters, uh, the, the, big black building on the, on the side of the freeway. So mixed bag insofar as, uh, didn't get a lot built in, in 18. 19 will be a much better year for us. I think 20 is going to be a very good year for us despite the, the economic headwinds, but it was interesting because we, we managed to, to break ground on a new hotel. We launched our first residential scheme, Ellipse, which has sold exceptionally well. We have, uh, completed industrial developments. Uh, we've completed commercial developments. We're planning some retail expansion. So the nice thing about waterfall and the rights we have in Waterfall is that we're across all the asset classes. So as Billy was saying earlier, is that the commercial sector's down and and we're able to, you know, be quite resilient in other other sectors like industrial. At the moment, industrial's a little bit flat, commercial's a bit flat. I think we're all seeing residential is quite an interesting space to be in. So we're in that. In a perfect world, we're going to be busy in every sector. But I think a number of, of schemes that we're that are planned for fruition uh, 2020, 2021 are in the planning works now are in the approval stage. Uh, it's council approvals. That's internal, um, uh, internal approvals within attack uh, credit committee, et cetera, bank funding. So there's a lot of things that are, I mean, our pipeline is definitely uh, probably the healthiest of all the, the development, all the REITs in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, bar, I think Steve probably outperforms us on, on, on units, but I think that just shows that waterfall Above all else is a place that people want to, want to be associated with. People want to be, want to be in. It's, it's very aspirational. Um, and I think in the commercial space it was very nice for us to see the continuation of the key blue chip brands that want to call waterfall home. You know, we had opened the Essentia's Africa head office. PSG have opened their Joburg head office. An interesting stat that came out from our research is that 75% of our corporate tenants Call Waterfall their South Africa or Africa head office. So that's your PwC, your Deloitte, Accenture, Premier Foods, uh, Honda, Isuzu. So the list goes on, and, and those are the you know the reason they are in Waterfall is because of the holistic approach. I think the Waterfall Management Company has taken quality of the developments the sub developers have, have undertaken, like Steve, like Century, like Attack. And even Culga with uh, the Waterfall Junction, and I think the the quality is what binds all of us developers together. I think we've bought into the bigger vision, we've bought into the fact that we may have to do things slightly different to suit the Waterfall market, but the market's been responsive. So I think that's it's absolutely crystallised our our belief that uh, we're in the we're in the best we're in the heart of Joburg and in the heart of South Africa, and we're in the best piece of real estate around.
0: Just going with that, actually, you mentioned the holistic approach that waterfall has and from your development perspective you know attack has and continues to hold its position as a leading south african growth fund in the real estate sector can you elaborate more on some of the points that you brought up what does waterfall have in terms of the criteria or the boxes that it ticks off that just makes it work
3: I think the nice thing about waterfall, from a developer's perspective, from a property developer's perspective, is that the canvas is not really set. I think you know you, you're building on a greenfield site, so we can infuse global best practice into something that is not built. You know, trying to do pull this off in Santon is difficult because everything's built, and you, you you're in full sites, and you're working with neighbours that you may or may not get on with. The nice thing in Waterfall is that we've been given a very large canvas, which is the, the, the Waterfall CBD and, and uh, logistics and commercial hubs. And that allow, enables us to create a master-planned environment where the best of the best can be brought to the table. The other thing is that because we own all the real estate around us, we everything we do, we think about the building across the road that may only be five years from now. Whereas, again, if you're in, in any normal commercial environment, you don't really care what your neighbor's going to do. You do what's good for you. And I think it's, it, it creates, leads to poor architecture. It leads to sort of defensive architecture. And I think what we've attempted to do in Waterfall is to, is to really open the city up. I think the, the investment in the initial infrastructure, the roads in particular and the landscaping, uh, those trees that were planted five years ago are now starting to all be mature. They, they bedded in. It's starting to look well. So, so people are attracted to Waterfall and from our side a lot by the functionality of it. It's easy to navigate. It's clean. It's neat. It's safe. We have over 450 uh, CCTV cameras just in the CBD alone. People feel that it's a, a pocket of excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it, that's what, what is where I think attack stands is that it's, uh, it's a unique opportunity to build a new city from scratch, uh, in South Africa in a, in an urban environment of approximately fourteen million people, there won't be another opportunity like this, um, and I think that's what what really inspires uh, Attack at the moment.
0: Vili, really, I I see how there's a synergy between Waterfall Management Company, Baldwin Properties, and Attack as well. I'm interested to find out with. Waterfall having the, these six key value drivers, locality, amenities, infrastructure, safety, sustainability, and vitality. How do you ensure that each and every one of your partners are
1: aligned with those? Well, um, as I say, uh, it's the devil's in the detail. We um, agree uh, quite early with each of the various developments on certain guidelines, always taking our long term vision into consideration and then we meet regularly i think that's absolutely key to uh to success and we do that with everyone uh, that we are dealing with whether it's landscaping or even the residents associations we really try and meet on a regular basis i think the uh, well probably the mo- uh, biggest reason why people fail often is because of misunderstandings i mean we are humans and and people will make mistakes and so on but generally I think that 's been part of uh, our success so far is that we 've been communicating with each other on a regular basis, and then the other thing is uh, we try to be very uh, practical sometimes you know uh, when the specialists uh, like Baldwin or Attack come to us and they say, But particular thing that we have in mind is not working, then we have to um, align our thoughts with that, or we at least evaluate it and sometimes it's really rigorous debates uh, around why we why we don't want a thing or why attack or ball and would like a thing and so on, but for us it's always doesn't meet the long term requirement. The staff and you know the uh, working in these particular companies are really specialists in their particular fields they they are experienced people and uh we uh, we rely a lot on their advice and uh you know what they've done in the past so for us. Uh, I'd say the the important thing is that we must communicate with each other on a regular basis, and then it comes down to the detail. There's a lot of hours in the background that we are putting in to ensure that these things work out.
0: Well, those shared values as well are very evident when we see the end result, you know, a a – Shared value like sustainability, for example, is very evident with the commitment towards a smart city concept. Can you introduce what that concept is, Vili?
1: Yeah, that's actually a, um, a very nice question. Uh, recently, I have been in Singapore to uh, to attend a seminar there on smart cities. And The first thing that they told us there is that whilst everyone would like a specific definition for a smart city, there's actually no specific definition. Various people have uh, different connotations to it. But the main thing is that uh, when we talk smart city, it's uh, how you use technology to the betterment of the humans living in that particular area. And it is uh, uh, not only about technology. It's also about how you manage the environment uh, the climate, the, uh, security aspects of it, the, um, the water use, the energy use that we have. In coming back, I realized that we're actually not that far behind the curve, because uh, we tend to think because we're in Africa or South Africa, you know, we always behind the curve. But, uh, in this particular case, uh, you know, the, the fact that Baldwin's going with a green policy, uh, buildings, um, attack. It was doing the same is that one aspect of the smart city is um, taken care of. That's the environmental management. But then there's, um, I say if you can't uh, measure, you can't manage. And for us, that uh, has become a very Im- important focus. Every single thing. That we do there, we want to uh, to measure, keep track of, even if the the data doesn 't mean anything for uh, to us today, in a few years from now, we will have a, a trend, and it will help us then, so attack and uh, Baldwin in particular are very good at uh, that, but I can tell you you can 't do this on your own in isolation because the place is so big. We have to work together, we rely on each other's efforts and and data. Uh, we have a, a a program at the moment where we are actually starting to collaborate more on uh, on the technology side. Uh, as you know um, from maybe our previous discussion, the optic fiber network in waterfall we've got a single trench open access uh, policy, but it plays a very important role in if you want to manage a city you know in a smart city city way. So, um, there we work, all work together. Uh, and when it comes to the ways that we, we communicate with the staff as well as, um, the people living at Waterfall and working at Waterfall, we, we need to communicate with them and we were co- collaborating to use all the different types of media that, that we have, uh, to get to all those people. And it's not only to just market ourselves or, or our products. It's actually to, people's inputs because if uh, we cannot do that uh, you know we cannot manage a city or even build a city without taking the people that we are building it for into con- uh, into consideration um and uh, you know offline we had a discussion earlier to say what uh, what do we take into consideration well it's it's humans you know also say we start with Mas- maslow's hierarchy <laughs> you know on safety and uh, we take it from there if uh, if you don't take uh, this, the human focus into consideration, then we will not be successful. Mm.
0: So, Giles, it's quite a broad concept to um, look at. But smart cities, when you learn and hear about that um, from a tax point of things, what did you intend to do and what have you done in 2019 within the smart city concept?
3: We sort of, we come from a position of uh, of understanding here. I'm a an a advisory board member on Smart Cities Africa. Um, I rolled out a smart city in my previous life in Dubai, so I, I understand uh, what it takes to get it done. And I think we have started to to implement uh, a lot of the smart city strategy and the principles. There's a lot of homework up front. There's a lot of uh, data generation. I think from it from a tax perspective, sustainability and smart become they essentially merge into one one fundamental principle around your buildings. In a nutshell, what we're doing is we're networking our buildings. So from a sensor and a data generation perspective, we can understand everything from the CO2 levels in this room to how many people walked into this room at what time, uh, how long the lights were on for, how much energy was created, what the sensors on the building will tell us, what side of the building is hot, when and where, and do we have all the air conditioning running exactly the same if the one side's cold and the one side's hot? No, you move it around. So that data... Big data. We build large data profiles of buildings. And if you think that's what you can do in a building, imagine if you own the whole city. Then you network the whole city, and now your buildings start talking to each other. Insofar as the same sets of data starts to create, as Billy said, a lot of patterns and patterns emerging. So for us, it starts to build, and we can we actually experience it right now at the moment in the mall. Uh, we have a thing called Fatty, and what Fatty does is Fatty uh, maps your MAC address on your phone, which is your phone. Every four, four times a second pings looking for a cell phone signal. So it's not, it's not wifi. It's not data. It's just purely your, your phone telling a GPS position where you are. And what that, uh, enables us to do is to map everybody who walks into the mall. So you think, well, you have 1.6 million people a month coming in the mall. What does that tell you? Well, we can tell you which shops they went to and which order they went to, how long they spent in each shop which shops they walk to the front, look through the window, thought that's cool, but they didn't actually walk in and transact. What does that mean? Does it mean that the they like the brand, but they didn't like the merchandise? And we can see when they walk into each of the stores, which aisles they went to, how long they spent, which car park they use, which toilets they use. So all of that starts to say, if we have two sets of ablution, two toilet blocks, and do we clean them both the same? But if one's used a hundred times more than the other, why would we clean them the same? We would move your cleaning regime to suit, help, people actually use your assets rather than trying to do things how you think they use your assets. So data-driven decisions around our assets. And then we can start to map who comes into the mall. So we know we have the PwC tower next door. We can tell you how many people uh, per day enter the mall from the from PwC, how many come on the weekend again, which is quite unique. So most uh, people don't go back to their place of work on the weekends, but we have fifty two percent of people who use them all on a weekly basis come back on the weekend so that data is interesting to us it allows us to start understanding where we what we need to do to improve so that 's the the smart part of the sustainability argument and then obviously sustainable we 're looking at a precinct rating for the whole of waterfall, which will give it the first city precinct rating in the country, and all the buildings within it are also rated environmentally rated so Uh, we do take sustainability very seriously. I think we've managed in our our integrated report, the data is there. We've managed to reduce our wet waste, which is essentially the waste that goes to landfill by 53% in the last year. Uh, that means we're recycling more. We're forcing our tenants to recycle. So all of these initiatives, I suppose, are interwoven. And I think it's not just attack living this. I think. I think uh, Steve has has been very vocal and and is quite aggressive in his rollout of of uh, green residential, sort of the biggest in the country. I think Vili and the team at Waterfall Management Company are also taking this very seriously, looking at solar panels on the roof of their their service stations, etc. So, again, it comes back to that holistic approach. You know, we, we've all bought into this, good, bad, or indifferent. We're all on this journey to the end. So, I think what works for one. Generally works for all, and we're not trying to be the leaders or pioneers. I think there's things that we're learning from each other. So I think that's that, that's the the nice collaborative approach. Is that while we may be competitive in certain areas, with 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 the other parties, it's a it's a it's an honest and it's not an aggressive approach to waterfall. And I just wanted to, to reiterate with Vili. I mean the, the the collaboration is critical with frequent meetings, and those meetings are, are done in a in a good you know business is business. But it's we are we are all trying to achieve the same objective and I, and I must take my hat off to waterfall management company. They have regularly bent over and, and changed direction or, or, or softened on certain conditions because they are, ta- they've taken the long view. So this is not about this year's results or next year's results. I mean, this is a 20 years from now. So in enforcing something that possibly doesn't work now, is it good for the future? And I think that's. Having that proactive approach has been refreshing for us, and it's interesting, and it's good to deal with that sort of landlord. But yes, yeah, so I think, in a nutshell, you know that collaborative approach, and and and, uh, really said, the devil's in the detail, uh, and the detail can get very detailed in Waterfall, despite it being a two thousand two hundred hectare sort of city. Um, the detail comes down to the types of paving we use and the types of uh, stone we use on walls. It becomes everyone has an opinion on it, um, but we're getting there.
0: Giles, how would you reassure anyone who might have reservations around the smart city concept? You know, people when they might be excited to hear how you're using that data. But, you know, data is also quite a big point of contention when people are saying, oh, of course, Big Brother's watching me all the time. How do you reassure anyone uh, who might be scared of that?
3: It's agnostic data. So what it is, is it doesn't know who you are. So, I mean, in tracking your, your phone, we don't know who the, what the number is of the phone um we don't know who the person is behind it um we don't know their gender their race their religion we know nothing all we know is that we're tracking a an address so for us you know poppy is important protection of personal information it's something that this complies with so we, we don't feel we're in breach it's really just a it's a it, again it enables us to map patterns to better to drive efficiency and improvement because we understand how people use things if we continue to sit in an environment where we're trying to force people to do what architects and engineers and planners think they should do, people don't do that. You know, they tend to do what is what they want to do. So you can design this the best you can. And the people will always take a shortcut across the park. That's why we have people pave around the outside of a park and people will walk right through the middle and there'll be a, a brown strip. Well, If that is the case, then we need to react to that. I think waterfall has attempted to do that on numerous occasions, but we're learning the data is big and it enables us to learn.
1: Yeah, I can actually add to that Uh, a few years ago. It's about four years ago. One of my colleagues asked me, well, why have we built up uh, a sidewalk? That are not straight, you know, because traditionally it's straight right next to the road. I say, well, but that's where the people are walking because that's really what happened. They were walking on the on the grass in a different way for various reasons, and we've subsequent to that learned a few lessons uh, through doing that. We've got a lot less uh, maintenance on 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 those uh, sidewalks at the moment. Mm. That's just a simple example. Steve, green policy has been
0: brought up already. Can you speak on behalf of? Baldwin to explain the green policy that you've rolled out yeah, this look, year?
2: <clears throat> Baldwin's very passionate and it's one of my big drivers of greening. You know, we've only got one planet and we've only got one waterfall. You know, if you look at the Yerkeskaya River, I think, you know, between Waterfall Company, Baldwin and Attack, there's a concerted effort. You know, our, our vision is to get that looking like a river in Switzerland. I think that could be quite a challenge, but I think it's a, it's a <laughs> good and challenge fish to have. Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> But, you know, we we did the world's largest registration of green buildings this year. We did 16,000 apartments in Bournemouth, of which we're very proud of. We worked on a big initiative with the IFC, which is the International Finance Corporation. And we are going to very shortly announce the first green mortgages in Africa, where as a result of – Lowering the energy consumption of the apartments through solar, through good design, which is the edge certification, through making sure that your geysers are well controlled. And also, very important and greening might sound a bit obscure to, to most people out there, but also good body corporate management. We're finding out there we need to put a lot of energy into the body corporate management because that's what makes it sustainable. Must remember, Bowen will leave. When the development's finished, we're finished. Then waterfall management company are left. And we want to make sure that we're putting things and processes in place to make sure that management is effective. And we've completed overall polar fields and cukuya. And we want to make sure that Our clients get the full benefit of green. And how did we do that? We went sat with the IFC, and the IFC are prepared to grant all clients that qualify with their EDGE certification certificate a lower interest rate on their mortgage. We're the first in Africa to do this. We'll be announcing this officially early in the new year, and the clients will get a direct monetary
0: benefit for green, which to me is what makes it sustainable. And to you, Giles and Steve, I asked Willie this at the beginning. What has been your highlight or highlights of two thousand
3: nineteen? Well, for me, I'll go first. I think for us, it was. Uh Jumping into Steve's turf and, and launching our first residential. I think it's been quite successful from our side. I think it's a different product. It's a vertical product. So we're going up in, 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 in medium rise buildings. You know, as a, as a property REIT, we, we are landlords and we like to collect rent through a lease because that gives us the, uh, the predictability of income. So residential is not a natural fit for, for a property REIT, um, but it does complement the live work play environment of the city. And like I think I said earlier, is that we've you know launching launching uh, another hotel in the in the city, another four star business hotel, doing a number of uh, commercial developments and and uh, industrial developments, and then rolling out more infrastructure. I think we're opening up large parcels of land on the eastern side of the city. Uh, We're now starting to open up more industrial land. So overall, I think it's just it's it's a despite the muted economy, it's been business as usual for us. I think our highlights are the fact that we were we were busy. I mean, uh, I think we can probably say probably one of one, if not the busiest commercial developer or or REIT in the country, but we still got a long way to go. I think we're probably 20% built on what we, what we have rights to in the city. So we have a number of years still to go, but that's tax been a good, it's a good year for us. And,
0: Steve, what about you? Some highlights.
2: Yeah, I think the highlight was our Kikui and Fields development. We've achieved 1,500 sales on both of them combined, which is a, a massive achievement in this economy, and we're very proud of it. And achieving good quality product for our clients. Our green star work has been exceptional. You know, to, be, to have a highlight of being the world's biggest um, edge certification of 16,000 apartments is quite an achievement. That doesn't happen overnight. And then the next step, which is our green mortgages, and uh, that is also linking green to a direct financial benefit for our clients. I think that's a massive highlight. Some of the smaller highlights was opening our, our new brand, which is Baldwin Parks, which is the park at Cuckoo and the park at Polar Fields, which again is giving back to the clients. Cause remember, we're in the high density space. So, you know, it's, it's very much little pockets of green here and there. So we've really making a massive, massive impact with parks i've created board parks for every single development so to try and maximize the green areas that we've got i think those are the major achievements
0: Vili, what would you like to say to the waterfall community the partners the people who work at waterfall the people who live at uh, at waterfall what would you like to say to them as we wrap 2019 up
1: my main thing is that i want to say to them just hang in there you know if you live at waterfall (laughs) You often, uh, are a little bit frustrated with, you know, construction work going on, especially during the winter. There's a lot of dust, but, um, w- uh, w- we are adding roads infrastructure. Um, it's, or it's going to be added in, in, in the future. Baldwin's currently busy with, uh, uh, what we call Mia Drive, uh, which will open up a whole section and, um, on, Waterfall Drive, uh, we have recently managed to have uh, the traffic light synchronization implemented. And where there was construction on uh, Woodme Drive and Kailami Drive, some of that will now subside. So hopefully in the new year, uh, at least those components will be uh, a little bit quieter. Uh, And then as far as uh, the rest of our development is concerned, although we haven't implemented all the things that we have said in the beginning, I think when we look look back in a few years from now, we will see that uh, a very very large part of what was promised by the uh, various development groups and so on would have been implemented uh, Rome wasn 't built in one day waterfall is also not built in one day. Uh, we um, are thankful uh, that our residents uh, do have um, patience with us um, and the other thing is, it is a team effort and it includes every single one of those residents um, as well. Uh, because they do, even though they criticize us from time to time, uh, sometimes those crit- criticism is very valid and we also learn from them. So um, I'd, I'd say, um, watch this space.
0: Thank you for listening to the Waterfall Podcast. From me, Sia Sangweni and the rest of the Waterfall team, we wish you happy holidays. Look out for the next episode about what you can expect from Waterfall in 2020.